You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship. Thank you for the privilege of our access. Thank you so much that your word comes with life, with light, and with power. There's accuracy and precision. There's clarity of thought, of understanding, of purpose, and of expression. We are edified because you are glorified. And every judgment is going to be your judgment. In our hearts and in our minds. Every spectacle falls off. We wear yours by your spirit. Thank you that we have the ability to bear fruit according to your nature. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. My local church and I, part nine. My local church and I, part nine. Once again, I want to take the opportunity to thank my spiritual father, the one who has spiritual oversight over my life and ministry, Dr. Samu Wusu Calvary Worship Center, Vancouver, Surrey, Canada. I also want to recognize my parents because I grew up in the Lord Jesus and all senior clergymen who have taught me, who have trained me for your benefit, who also showed me the true example of being Christ-like. Anytime I have the privilege to share the word, definitely something of this will pass through. Because everything we do in life is a combination of knowledge, training, experiences that you have been through. And the people, as we all know, are God's method to bring you wherever you are. Hallelujah. My local church and I, part nine. Now we have established clearly that the reason why God created the earth and men, number one, is to reveal himself to man in Christ. Number one is to reveal himself to man in Christ. Number two, to give all humankind the opportunity to be like him in the earth into eternity.
to give all humankind the opportunity to be like him in the earth into eternity. Thirdly, for these men and women to partner him or partner with him to bring all men to this truth and be part of his of this purpose. For these men to partner with him to bring all men to this truth and be part of this purpose. And last but not the least, to present all who took this privileged opportunity to himself and reward them accordingly. To present all who took this privileged opportunity to himself. He will present us to himself and reward us accordingly. So we have realized that Moses would use the creation of the man and woman, i.e. the husband and wife, to help us understand this purpose that reveals the glory of God. Moses would use the creation of the man and woman, the husband and wife, i.e., to help us understand this purpose that reveals the glory of God. So to achieve this, he said, Genesis 2.18, and God said, it is not good for the man. In other words, it would not be good for the man. The man we have already taught in this particular context, Adam, the type of Christ. It is not good for the Christ to be alone. He would create for himself from his own body the church. He would create from himself the whole body, the church. From his own body, the church, sorry. So the church then would represent his wife who would partner him in this agenda. Who would partner him in this agenda. So we said that it is this purpose which is ongoing that gives glory to God or is referred to as the glory of God. It is this work which is still ongoing which is the purpose of God 
is what gives glory to God or is referred to as the glory of God. So we looked on Wednesday from the Old Testament to the New to establish that anytime authors used the glory of God, it is in reference to working or achieving this purpose or his purpose in the earth. Anytime you see authors using the glory of God or doing things to God's glory, it is in reference to working or achieving his purpose in the earth. So we looked at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31 to 33. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So, Apostle Paul would tell the Corinthian church that whatever they do, whether they're eating or they're drinking, they should do it <laughs> to the glory of God. Give no offense, 32, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Because the church is the one that is carrying this agenda. So whatever you are doing, whether to Jews or to Greeks, make sure that you consider the wife of Christ. Because he's the one carrying out this purpose. So he will nail it in 33. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. So they may be brought into the church. That they may be saved. Praise God. Oh, praise God. So when he's saying that whatever we do, we should do to the glory of God. He's actually speaking to God's purpose, God's agenda in the earth that men be saved. And men be discipled according to the nature of Christ. And in the end, God definitely will present the church to himself by Christ. Praise God. So we see in 1 Corinthians 10, 25, 26, and 28, where he would tell them to eat whatever is sold in the market Asking no questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and its fullness. And then 28, he will tell them, but if anyone says to you this was offered to idols, do not eat for the sake of the one who told you. For conscience sake, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. So Apostle Paul is saying something and if you are not careful, you think he's being contradictory. In one, at one point, he says you can eat. 
whatever is put before you, whatever is sold in the market. At another point, he says, don't eat it. Why? He's saying that your eating or not eating it must be tailored according to how it can save a soul or make a weak Christian better. So if you are going to eat something and your eating is going to make somebody backslide, he says, don't eat it. He says, if you are going to not eat it, and it will make somebody not come to Christ, don't do it. So your eating or your not eating must glorify God. So in glorifying God, he's meaning that it must either be saving a soul or making somebody grow better in Christ. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? And that's why he quoted that the earth is the, uh, the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So what he means is that you are permissible regarding all things because God created all things. But then because of the salvation of a soul, you must restrict yourself to these things. Is that very clear? And that's what he references as doing things to the glory of God. Is that very clear? Is that very clear to us? Okay, so you don't say that, oh, okay, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, so I can do whatever I like. He says, whilst you are doing whatever you are doing in this earth, make sure you are doing it to save a soul or to make somebody grow in Christ. Is that very clear? It must be intentional. Say, that must be intentional. All right. So we can see clearly that the usage of that word glorifying God or the glory of God is directly hooked to his purpose. Say his purpose. 1 Corinthians 8, 9, 11, 9 and 11. He says, but beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block. Are you getting the point? So don't allow your liberty to become a stumbling block for another. Is that very clear? Whether the person is an unbeliever or a believer, you must make sure that your thought pattern is that they are either saved by your actions or they are growing as Christians by your actions. Glory to God. All right? Look at what it says in the 11. And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. So you can see clearly what this notion of doing things to the glory of God is tailored to, is linked to. Amen. We're going to look at King Solomon as a kind of a case study for what it means to doing things according to God, creating men in his likeness, and they actually growing in that image and then discipling or weaning others and discipling others or making sure that others grow in this nature and then we multiply ourselves in him. Praise God. So whatever and whoever God raises, God actually requires of them to stick to this purpose. Anybody, they stick to this purpose. Say we have to stick to this purpose. 
You know, yesterday there was a great meeting just behind us. And I was so awed about the crowd. And I really thank God for about 60,000 people to meet and they are praying. Amazing sight. Amazing, a wonderful sight. And I was so thankful to God for that man who bet that. But I said something that I am praying that God would use me in the same manner where people will gather all over the world. And they are not gathering just because of what they want to have. But they are just hungry for God and they will gather together to pray for the kingdom. And I pray that that will be your agenda. That people will not just gather for their selfish desires and what they want to. Because there's nobody who walked with God. That Bible ever said that God did their purpose. Bible said God did his purpose through them. So God created us to work his purpose through us. Oh, praise God. Say God created us to work his purpose through us. And that's exactly why he raised Solomon after David, his father. In 1 Kings 10, 1 and 9. 1 Kings 10, 1 and 9. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. Did you see the caveat? When she heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So, from the beginning, the agenda is that the fame of Solomon is not linked to his own works. It is linked to God's purpose, the name of the Lord. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? So, you see that every time God is lifting you, it must concern the name of the Lord. It must not just be for your agenda. No, no, no. God's lifting must be the concern regarding his name. Say his name. For his name, what? Sake. Praise God. Look at the way the NIV rendered it. I love the way the NIV rendered it. The NIV said, when the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Is your fame, is your work, is your career, is your marriage famous, doing well because of your relationship? with the Lord? Is it bringing glory to God? In other words, is it saving lives and making people grow, do well? Is it affecting God's and uh, Jesus' uh, wife, the church, Christ and his wife, Christ and his church? Is he affecting them gloriously? So, the first time the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, it was directly connected to God's purpose. See, God's purpose. So look at the nine. The testimony of the woman. She said, blessed be the Lord your God, 
who delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. We all know that Israel is the type of the church. Is that very clear? So, yeah, good. So, what is the woman saying? Let's all read it together. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you and set you on the throne of what? Of church. Because the Lord loved what? The church what? Can you see that? So whatever God is doing, he's doing it because of his what? His church. God does not do anything outside the will of his church. No. Never. It's not possible. No. He made you king to execute justice and what? Righteousness. Yes. But look at the mentality that brought him all the trouble. He forgot that Israel is God's church. But then it's only betrothed. Say betrothed. Say betrothed. So it's not time for honeymoon. Say it's not time for honeymoon. I told you that the word betrothed speaks to the responsibility of the church. Is that very clear? What does the church do? They have to be faithful to who? The bridegroom. Is that very clear? Yes. Until the day of consummation. Until the final wedding. So we are betrothed to the Christ. And therefore, this is not the time for honeymoon. When we say God is resting in us or over us or with us, it doesn't mean that it's time for vacation. Say it's not time for vacation. So the bridegroom has a purpose to pursue that gives him God, that gives, yeah, that gives him what? Glory. And we as the betrothed should be seen as working with the bridegroom to finish, say to finish what he had already started. Oh, say to finish what he had already done. Praise God. All right. Look at First Kings 5, 2 to 4. And Solomon sent to Hiram saying, you know how David my father could not build a house to the name of the Lord his God because wars were about him on every side until the Lord put his foes under his feet. Hello? Until the Lord put his foes, what? All right, for whoever is here who um, um, have listened to the accurately dividing the word, you understand what this means. You know that Yes, Christ has finished, but there's still the ongoing work of what? Christ. Is that very clear? Yes. Yes, death had been defeated, but we are yet to put on the new body. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Yes, so we, people still die. People still die, yeah? Yes, but in the, in the word, it says they sleep. Say they sleep. Yes, yeah, so watch this. So whatever had been done, we still have fights to fight. Say we still have fight to fight. 
<laughs> the apostle Paul says, fight the good fight of what? Faith. So Solomon had a certain mentality. Look at what he said. He says the wars are over because the Lord has put his force under his feet. But now the Lord has, my God has given me rest, a rest on every side so that there is neither adversary nor evil confronting me. When you are a believer and you start thinking this way, you are in problems. <laughs> Never think this way. Christ has fought the battle. Christ has finished. Is that very clear? But we fight in him. We war in him. Paul said, we have to actually war by the power of his might. Say the power of his might. Is that very clear? Yes. So it's not vacation. So this is some of, the, some of the messages that people preach, the grace message. Yes, you know, we preach grace a lot. Because, I mean, the church is grace. Carries is grace. But does not mean go, lie down, sleep, eat, drink, wake up? Christ has given it. You don't fast. Yes, I don't fast. Christ has fasted for me. Pray. Oh, I'll not pray. Christ is praying for me. Because he says, sitting at the right hand of, of God, interceding for me. Okay. Yeah. No. Say there's no vacation yet. Okay. You know that the Lord actually told Israel that when a man marries, and they are actually in the army or whatever, what they should do is to take like a one-year leave. Yeah. When they marry. When the marriage is consummated, did you understand what I just said? When the marriage is what? But until then, you don't go and leave. All of those things were typologies. You don't go and leave. Right now, we are partnering Christ. So we are partnering Christ. In the battle, praise God, he has finished. But we fight from victory unto what? Victory. Are you understanding the point? Yes. You know, so Solomon was in error. Solomon was in error. See how it turned out. First Kings 11, 4 to 13. First Kings 11, 4 to 13. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, hey, are you here? That his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. As was the heart of David his father. Hello. Oh, hello. Can you see? Solomon lost focus, right? He lost focus. He forgot about why he has been put on the throne. There's an agenda that God wants him to pursue for his church. Praise God. Is that very clear? For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the 
Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord. Can you see this? Can you see this? Now, did David make very great, I mean, grievous mistakes? Did David do that? Ah, you don't know about David's mistakes? You know. Can you see that? But even in the mistakes, can you see that he was following the pattern? He was still pursuing the agenda. And therefore, although he made mistakes, he was not found in error. That's why they said that David served his generation after the will of God. Because God has an agenda. And we pursue that agenda. In pursuing that agenda, you may make mistakes. But you don't veer off the lane to pursue your purpose. No way. So can you see what was written concerning him, right? He did evil. So you now understand the word evil. Hey, are you here? The evil, can we say, I've told you already, when we say good, it's not your good. When we say evil, it's not your evil. So when he was talking about that when they eat, eh, the, the, the tree of knowledge of good and what? Evil, it's not your evil. What is in God's order and what is not in God's what order? So what is being spoken right now that he did evil, what is speaking about is he was out of God's word order. What is not good in God's purpose? As far as God's purpose is concerned, he was out. Am I teaching you right? The reason why he was called, he had failed. The reason why he was put in office, he failed. Let's continue the story. Then Solomon built. Then then did Solomon build a high place for Shemoth, the abomination of Moab. Can you see gods, other gods? Eh? Can you see what he was doing to the church? Oh, Jesus. In the hill that is before Jerusalem. And for Molech. Do you know when we say Molech, do you understand? Molech is a God that takes human sacrifice. And likewise did he for all his strange wives. Which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, watch this, For as much as this is done of thee, 
and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes. So when God is talking about his covenant and statutes, you know that the people, the, the eating is saving souls. Growing them. Multiplying themselves in his nature in the earth. And in the end to present them to himself. So it always has to do with Christ and his church. Say Christ and his church. Is that very clear? Yes. When you move away from that and you start doing your own thing. As a church. As the body of Christ. Or as a member of the body. You are out of order. Is that very clear? You are out of order. No matter how good it looks and how nice it looks, you are out of order. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, for as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee. Can you see that? Can you see that? Oh, can you see that? And will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days. I will not do it for David. Thy father's sake. Jesus Christ. But I will rent it out. Of the hand of thy son. Howbeit I will not rend away all the kingdom. But will give one tribe. To thy son, for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. Everything God does, he does it for the sake of the church. Say the church. <laughs> Say it clearly, the church. That is his purpose in the earth. That is his purpose where? In the earth. Forget about your degrees. They are good. Forget about all that you have. They are good. But if it is not towards the church, before God they are evil. Are you getting it? Why? Because it will negatively fight and oppose his purpose. It will stand against him and his church. You see why he would tell Apostle Paul, why are you persecuting what? Me. Did he say me? In Acts 9, did he say Paul, why are you persecuting who? Me. Because you are persecuting his church, you are persecuting who? Him. So the kingdom... Will be taken away from his son. It was actually it was just it became a terrible fight, a terrible battle. He was gone out of line. The NIV will say it in the eleven four. As Solomon grew old, his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. 
asked the heart of his father David. Praise God. Oh, praise God. All right. So Jesus, in the line of duty, say in the line of duty. In Matthew 6, don't forget where he started from. You know, Matthew 6 is where you call the Lord's prayer is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Watch this. We've studied what it means, right? Eh? What does that mean? Heaven on earth eh? is in line with the church. Is that clear? The church, God's church in the earth, eh? is like heaven where? So when Christ came into us, eh? Christ, heaven, came down toward the earth. So there was an amalgamation. Is that clear? That's what he declared in Genesis 1, verse 1. And God created the heavens and what? Is it very clear? Okay. So now, from there, he says, give us this day what? So, okay. So when you receive daily bread, it must be in direct. Link, right? With what? With what? What did he say before? As it is what? Mm -hmm. Give us what? So your kingdom, your will on earth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give us this day what? So, <laughs> receiving your daily bread and how you enjoy your daily bread must be in sync with the assignment. As it is in heaven, let it be done. Is it very clear? So, it is the center of God's will. Is that very clear? It is the center of God's purpose. So, when your daily bread, the receipt of your daily bread is opposing that will, you are fighting against God's agenda. Okay? So Jesus will continue. Watch. Jesus will continue, and then he will come to a point and says that you cannot serve two masters. Matthew 6. I'm still on Matthew 6, so. Then you say you can't serve what? God and what? So, can you see the context? He's putting our focus on making sure that as it is in heaven, it shall be so where? And he says, if you want to do that, you can serve two what? It means that God has his purpose. And the world uses money for their. So, you are either Using money for God's word, purpose. Or you are using money to fight God's purpose. Then he will say that if your eye is what? Single. 
Your eye is what? Single, your whole body has light. He's talking about focus. Focusing on his purpose. Focusing on his agenda. Are you getting the point? Yeah? And then he will come down and talk about how we should not worry about what we eat, what we wear, about this life, that life is bigger. Are you getting the point? Than what we are going to wear, what we are going to eat. As a matter of fact, our body is not even the point. Life is bigger than our body. Are you, are you getting the point? Oh, Jesus. And then in 28, he will use Solomon. Who was distracted? Are you getting the point? To show us how we can be what? Distracted. Look at how he used Solomon. Go. Everybody read it. Why? Uh-huh. Consider the list of the field. Uh-huh. How they grow. Can you see this? Can you see this? Can you see the context clearly? So he's saying that Solomon, in all his glory, what goes to his glory is not the fine things of life. But when the fine things of life are used to pursue his agenda, Solomon was going after the fine things of life. He was using the wisdom God gave him, the riches God gave him to pursue his own agenda. And he says, even the lilies of the valley, the lilies of the fields, they served their purpose more than Solomon. Ah. He used the lilies of the field if you check, if you go back to Kings, first Kings, you will see how Solomon used some of these flowers. It was stated clearly there. To decorate his place, decorate his home, decorate the house of God and do <laughs> all of that. But he says, they serve their purpose. They show their glory because a man's glory is in their purpose. Is that very clear? And I've showed you that already. We took it from him, from God. His purpose is his glory. So in this life, when somebody is talking about their glory, you see that their purpose comes in. Is that not it? Yes. All right. So he says, Solomon lost it. Even the leaves of the field were better. In discharging their purpose for which they were created than Solomon. Their service gave glory to God and in the end revealed their own glory. When we serve God's glory, then our glory is revealed. Hey, are you here with me? 
I said, when we serve God's glory, then our glory is what? Because our glory is in his word. Glory. So just like the lily of the field, serving its purpose. It was actually considered more purposeful, focused, than Solomon. Are you doing things to the glory of men like Solomon? It leads to idolatry. Or you are doing ministry to build God's kingdom like David. As it was said in Acts 13, 36 for David. After he had saved his own generation by the will of God. Fell asleep. The Amplified Version actually says, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. In other words, David's service, David's reign, David's ministry glorified God. But Solomon was distracted. Was distracted. In other words, he himself was saved. But his works were bent out. Can you see that? As Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 3. He himself was saved. But his works were bent out. Why? Because it does not fulfill the will of God. Listen, if you want to follow the things that people teach, that make you feel good, and you just pursue your own purpose in life, and all you are thinking about is you, and you, and what I want to do, what I want to do, what I want to do. Don't be like Solo. Not any of the Solos here. That's why Isaiah 42 verse 8. Isaiah will tell us, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else. Nor share my praise with carved idols. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? He said, I will not do what? Share my word. He will not. No. So what it means is that our agendas can become our idols. Our ambitions can become our idols. And God says, I will not endorse it. (laughs) 
I will not endorse it. I'm going to show you something. It's like a bridegroom. Who will not want her bride with anyone? Or it's like a bride who is pursuing their own agenda apart from their husbands. He said, I will not give my glory to anyone. But isn't the same, let's see, God who in John 17 said that the glory you gave me, I've given them. Is it not the same? So, what is the difference? So, if you don't study scripture carefully, you would think that scripture contradicts itself. No! Look at the theme. Look at how Jesus put it. Let's look at John 17, 1. Let's all read together. Go. Jesus spoke these words. Uh huh. Lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has what? Okay, good. Glorify your son that your may also. Can you see the glory of God? What was Jesus going to do? It was time for him to go and die, that the church will be birthed. Hey, are you here with me? And he says that this is our glory. This is the glory we share together. When the church is born, and when I finish this job, then we enter into our world. Glory. As you have given me authority over all flesh, that he should give what? Are you seeing that? Is it creating men in his own image and likeness? Can you see that? Can you see his purpose? Can you see his agenda? Running through. Let's go. That they may, they may what? They may know you. That they may know who? That they may know you. Can you see it? That's it. To reveal himself to us in Christ. And then we partner him. Is that right? The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have what? Sent. I have glorified you. Go ahead. I have what? Finish the work which you have Oh, Jesus. And now, oh, Father, uh-huh. glorify me together. Listen to me. The Bible is clear. Listen, we are the ones confused. God is not confused. He knows what he created us and the world for. It is the world that is confusing you. May you not be confused. Don't be confused. Don't be confused. Don't. 
Glorify me together with what? And with what? With the glory what? I had with you what? Is he talking about Genesis? Look at 20. Let's all read together. Go. I do not pray for these alone. Okay. So can you see the body of Christ now? Can you see the church? Can you see yourself inclusive now? Let's continue. Go. That they may all what? Be what? Listen to me. So the oneness is not just that we are nice. The oneness is in the same purpose. That gives glory to both the father and what? The son. the oneness. He will say, go, let's go. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, uh -huh, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that word you sent me. Go, and the glory which you gave me, what? I have given them mm -hmm, that they may be one just as we are one in the glory. We are one in the purpose. We are one in his agenda. And we share the glory because we are in his agenda. We are working according to his purpose. We understand what the features of his purpose are. And we want to just align. We want to be in it. That is how we share the glory. Praise God. Is it very clear? So in John, let me take the last scripture. The same John who said this, is the same who wrote Revelations. In Revelation eleven fifteen, look at what he said. Go. Everybody go. He's not brought it. Okay, okay, okay. No, it's not your mistake. It's mine. So, I added it without sending that to him. So, Revelation eleven fifteen, The seventh angel sounded his trumpet. And there were loud voices in heaven. Which said, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. And of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. The kingdom of our God has become the kingdom of what? Our world. That is the end. That's how it's going to be like. Hey, are you getting the point? The kingdom of this world will be taken off. Will be consumed in his light. In his fire. Hey, are you here with me? Aha, uh -huh, that's what you call hell fire. When light comes, darkness what? Vanishes. Disappears. Eh? And it will be fire to them. Hey, are you here with me? Yes, because he lives in immutable what? Light. 
Then we take over. Praise God. So all he's doing is for us to share in his glory. Yeah. We must follow the agenda. Say, I follow the agenda. Say, I understand the agenda. So, listen, this is what church is all about. <laughs> this is what church is all about. Oh. No. No. This, this is what church Church is about his agenda from the foundations of, of the world. This is what church is all about. Yeah. Oh, your personal needs. Ah, you don't need to come to church. You can be in your room and pray. He will listen to you. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. Church. Is more than that. And the matter of fact, there are certain things he does for us that he would do it favorably because we are in line with his agenda. It's a reward. Say it's a reward. We'll come into all of that. Say it's a reward. Yeah. So there are what we call the gifts that everybody and every believer enjoys. But there are rewards for those who are working. Hey, are you here with me? Yes. So you can come from the same family. Same family. The same family. You have the same rights as children in your house. But your father, for those who are working his purpose, will give them a promise. When you pass your exams and you do well, I will give you this. Because you are working his purpose. Are you getting the point? Yes. Say, I am here to work. Say it like, I'm here to work. To work God's agenda. My purposes cannot be over God's agenda. My preferences cannot be over God's agenda. Say, I align. Say, I align. Say, I align. Say, I align. I'm a responsible member of the body of Christ, of my local church, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to your father. Grace, glorious grace. Talk to your father. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.